It's a really long passage. And it's really confusing as well. There's lots of big words. Like what does sanctify mean? I googled, I googled lots of these words actually. Um, just to try and work out what they meant. Glory was another one. Just no idea. But uh, it was a bit of a challenging passage to go through because it's really long and there's lots of complicated words. And Jesus seems to say the thing over and over again. And you're sort of reading it and thinking, have I read that bit already or not? And do I need to go back and reread it or am I rereading it? Yeah, it was long. Um, But I got there and I worked out that this is the longest prayer of Jesus in the Bible. Um, And it's in between the Last Supper and where Jesus goes to the Garden of Gethsemane and gets arrested. Um, And it's after the point where he says that they're going to leave, but before the point where the Bible says that they leave the upper room, which is a bit confusing. So he says at the end of chapter 14, come now, let us leave. And then the beginning of chapter 18 says, when he had finished praying, he left. So he just hangs around a lot and talks, but that's okay. So, but because chapter 17 is very long, and the first line says, after Jesus said this, I like to go back and find out what it was that he actually said. So I'm actually going to be preaching from chapter 13 all the way through, Um, but not in its entirety, because that would be really long. Uh, (laughs) I've pulled three themes out of what I'm going to say. So the first is love, and then we're going to look at glory, and then finally unity. And I'll sort of pick them up in each of the chapters as we go. And so back in chapter 13, if we start with love, Jesus gives us this new command. It's in, going to have to find now, verse 34. He says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And so we have this command, this new command that Jesus is giving us, that we're to love one another. And then in chapter 14, he talks more about commands um, and how if we keep his commands, we'll love him. And if we love him, we'll keep his commands. And then if we love him, we'll obey his teaching. And there's lots of sort of keep my commands, obey my teaching. If you love me, that's what you'll do. And you'll do that if you love me. And then in chapter 15, we see again that... Uh, he says, as the father loved me, I have loved you. And then to remain in his love and he's remaining in the father's love um, as we should remain in his love. And then in case we weren't completely sure, he then says, I think it's twice. Yeah, twice within the space of four verses. My command is this, love each other. Except the second time he says, this is my command rather than my command is this. Which is genius. Wordplay. Um, as I... Just to make sure that we understand it, we've got that command like four, three, three times, four times in those three chapters. Um, And then that then uh, all comes together in chapter 17. But if we look at glory through the three chapters, and he talks about glory just before he talks about love in chapter 13 and he says the son of man is glorified and god is glorified through him so we have the son being glorified through the father and the father being glorified through the son 
And then in chapter 14, we've got uh, Jesus says that whatever. Where's that gone? Yeah. So he said, if we have faith in him and we ask whatever we ask in his name, he will do so that the father may be glorified through the son. And then in chapter 15, he says that when we bear fruit, we it's to the father's glory. And then he talks about uh, in chapter 16, he's talking about the Holy Spirit coming and he says that the Holy Spirit will glorify me because it's from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. And then in chapter 17, you have at the beginning, Jesus prays um, and he asks the father to glorify him um, that he may glorify the father. And so we've got that coming through again. And and then that all comes to a head at the end of chapter 17 again. And then unity, for those of you that have been paying attention, you'll have noticed there's lots of unity between the Father and the Son all the way through. So we see the unity of the Father and the Son in chapter 13, because the Son is glorified through the Father and the Father through the Son. And in chapter 15, it says, as the Father loved me, I've loved you. And then it talks about us, if we keep his commands, then we'll remain in his love as he's kept the Father's commands and remained in his love. In chapter 16, the Father loves you because you have loved me. And so there's this this like jointness that the father and the son are joined together and, and there you sort of whatever happens to the father is happening to the son and, and vice versa. And then at the end of chapter 17, when you get to verse 22, Jesus is praying for all believers. He's praying for, for the church. He's prayed for the disciples and prayed that the disciples would be protected um, and he talks about how the disciples have brought glory to him. And he asks that God will protect them as, as they stay in the world uh, and as he leaves it. But then afterwards, he says, my prayer is not just for them, but it's also for all of those that will believe in me through them. And so for us, essentially, for the church. And so he says, I've given them glory that you have given me. That they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and I have loved them even as you have loved me. And so there we've got glory, unity and love all being brought together in those two verses. Two verses, yeah. Um, and so Jesus has given us his glory so that we can be united together and glorify the Father through showing his love to the world. But when we think of the church, we don't always think of a body that demonstrates God's glory and unity and love. We think of some of the things that go on in America where churches picket all sorts of weird places, churches in inverted commas. They don't demonstrate the love of God and the glory of the Father. And I think sometimes we can be united more for what we're against than for what we're for. We're known for what we're against rather than what we're for, but we're called to all three. It's difficult to think of a united church when there are, I'm reliably informed by Dr. Google, more than 30,000 denominations within the church, which seems ridiculous. Who's compiled that list? That's, that's my first question. Someone has gone around and obviously counted them all. But that seems like a lot of denominations. What does unity look like in 30,000 different forms? 
But actually, when the church comes together and when we fulfill this prayer that Jesus prays, when, when we're brought together in his glory, in unity, and demonstrating love, the church is a beautiful thing. On Friday night, we had Unite here, which is a youth service that we hold in Tunbridge Wells. And we had 32 young people from four or five different churches all came together to worship all different denominations and, and different stages in their faith. But actually, they all came together in, in one place to worship one God. And when we were up in London, the churches used to come together at Christmas. Christmas is a great time for unity. We used to come together at Christmas and we'd meet at the tube station at a horrendously early hour of the morning and give out coffee to very confused commuters. Um, but it was a beautiful show of unity within the church that actually we don't always see. And actually, in a world that is so divided, is it not time for the church to stand up and be united? For the church to come together in love and, and to spread, to show the world the glory of God through the love that we show to, to one another to the people around us, to the people we don't particularly like, to the people that voted differently to us in the referendum. And is it not time for the church to stand up and actually say, we can be different to this, we are different to this? We're called to something else, we're called to this place of unity. We've been given the glory of Christ so that we can be brought together in unity and that the world will know that God sent Jesus and that God loves them because of us and the unity that we display. And so I suppose my prayer to finish is that, is echoing the prayer of Jesus in, in at the end of chapter 17, that actually we would, we would take the glory that Jesus has given us, that we would become united as one in the glory of the Father and through his love, that we might display the love of God to the world around us that is so broken and hurting. Amen.